the number I'm tied to is close one revenue. And I like that because it means that I have the same goal as sales, which right. means when they're winning, I'm winning. And when they're feeling pain, I'm feeling pain. <laughs> so we're aligned that way. <laughs> and it also means that I'm incentivized to pursue quality. What's up, everyone? Thank you, as always, for joining me. My name is Emil Shore. I'm the guy who hosts the podcast, which, if this is your first time tuning in, is called Demand Gen Chat, a podcast brought to you by Chili Piper. Today's episode is one that I've actually been looking forward to publishing for a while now. Uh, If you're anything like me, I'm sure you've read and heard from the same people in our industry over and over again, right? They're writing blog posts, doing podcasts, hosting webinars, whatever. While I love chatting with all those people and learning from them, and I continue to do so, I also have a special place in my heart for all the people who are doing really amazing things at amazing companies, but who we're probably not hearing from all the time. Like my guest today, Tyler Bench. Tyler is the director of Demand Gen at Lucidchart. With 14 million users, I'm sure you've used their software to build some type of diagram or flowchart at some point in your career. Tyler's been with the companies for about four years now, scaled from 50 people, and now the marketing team is bigger than the entire company when he started, so he's had some really, really unique experience that I'm excited to share with you today. Big takeaways from this episode, how Tyler helped Lucidchart profitably scale their paid search spend from 300K a year to 2 million, some of the strategies the marketing team has used to help grow Lucidchart to over 14 million users, which is absolutely nuts. And as you can imagine, with 14 million users, there can be a lot of noise for the sales team. So Tyler walks us through the three main variables that they're using to identify the right people for sales to contact. All right, let's get to the goods. Welcome to the show, Tyler. Appreciate you coming on. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So I was perusing your LinkedIn before we started, trying to think of some good questions to ask you and noticed that one of the things you had listed was that you took a paid search at Lucidchart from 300K a year to 2 million profitably. So super curious. Let's start there. Dive in. See how'd you do that? Yeah, for sure. So um, that was actually the first initiative I worked on when I showed up at Lucidchart four years ago. And it was kind of a right place, right time type thing. Because before I started at Lucidchart, I sold AdWords for Google. And in that role at Google, uh, there's a huge emphasis on product knowledge. And so I I came in to Lucidchart with, you know, a significant amount of knowledge built up around paid search and how to optimize it. And then when I arrived, um, the team here had kind of proven out ROI model on paid search at a very low level of spend, but they had shown that it could work. Um, and they had most of the tooling in place to measure ROI and things like that. And they just needed someone who could come in and really build it out and figure out how to scale it. And anyone who works on paid search knows that like optimization only goes so far. And a lot of it is how good your business model, you know, how good the underlying business model can be monetized better than everyone else. And we have a great product and a great business model behind it. So it was just a perfect storm. And uh, I was able to do a number of things from just kind of broadening out the keywords head to getting really specific about match types and negative keywords to expanding geos and just kind of restructuring the account. So we had a very fine tuned kind of understanding of where the ROI was coming from and where the lack of ROI was coming from. And in doing so, you know, was able to continue to ramp spend while maintaining the profitability standards that we have. Nice. 
I'm trying to think for lucid chart, what are some of those big buckets that you guys are able to like scale in? Yeah, for sure. So the other benefit I had going for me at the time was we had already scaled up organic search, which is a little bit of a, a cheat cheat. And actually I think the opposite of the way a lot of companies do it, but we, we had scaled up SEO. And so we had actually a pretty decent idea of some keywords that would work. And, and so um, for us, the biggest thing there is just that people describe diagramming in a lot of different ways, depending on who you are and kind of what your, what your use case for the diagram is. And search is a common place that people go to try to figure out how to make the diagram and then what tools are available to use it. So a lot of people, you know, will search for diagrams or flowcharts, and we certainly do very well there. But then, you know, for example, if you're a software engineer, you might search for a UML diagram, which in some ways is really just a flowchart, <laughs> but it, it's, it's a specific set of notation and kind of uh, a type of diagram. Um, if you're in operations, you might search for a business process mapping. If you are, you know, a software engineer, again, you might search for an entity relationship diagram. If you're in HR, you might search for an org chart, right? And these are all things our product does very well with a similar core technology, um, but it's just a different type of diagram or a different way of thinking. And so there's sort of like a very, very wide canvas of that. Uh, in the search landscape, and we're, we do very well across all of it. There's also different ways to cut up the funnel, right? So there are people who are searching for something like, what is a flow chart, which is really a better organic term. We do okay paid, but it, it's higher in the funnel, right? So it doesn't monetize as well. Sure. Um, but, you know, so all the way from kind of that, those educational topics down to like flowchart software. How are you guys discovering new topics, right? Like there's probably the stuff where you come in and you're saying, all right, these are the areas where we've proven ROI and let's scale them because you know how to do that. But how are you finding some new keywords or topic categories that you guys like didn't even think of before? Yeah, so first I'll caveat that by saying that I don't actually run our paid search anymore. It's in even more capable hands now. Um, and so I'm not like up to date on the minutia of how we do that, but I can talk to you for sure about the high level and also a lot of stuff I was doing at the time. Yeah, let's do so, it. Yeah, so um, there's search terms report, right? That's a classic. Like. Google will tell you, if you use non-exact match keywords, Google will tell you what people are searching for. And oftentimes it's actually a great match and you just haven't thought of it yet. Right. Um, so, so that's one area. Another is customer research. Um, people in different roles who use Lucid Chart, they'll describe the diagrams that they use, use in different words. Um, and often their search volume around that. And then it's just like spinning off what you're already doing, right? I mentioned like, okay, flow charts, how can we move up the funnel or down the funnel? There's internationalization, right? Which can be multiple things. We started with English searches in non-English countries or well, really English searches, searches in non-US and then it was English searches in non-English speaking countries. And then we started localizing, right? And it turns out um, there's actually uh, more search volume in Spanish for most of our keywords than there is in English. No way. Um, so that's, that's been a huge area of growth recently. That's super interesting. I haven't seen a lot of case studies on PPC expansion to international. That's super interesting. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been huge for us. And again, I think, you know, it's just because the search volume's there, right? Search is pretty basic. Is the search volume there? And is your business model better than everyone else's? And so yeah. in that case, like we win, but internationally as well as in the US. Have other forms of advertising work for you guys? Have you guys done social, Facebook, LinkedIn? Has any of that worked for you guys? So I should probably give some context. Uh, when I started at Lucidchart and was building up page search, 
we only had a freemium business model and it was completely unassisted. There was no sales team. Okay. And in the case of that unassisted model, uh, we have not gotten like social, for example, or display to work. Okay. Um, the way that we monetize it and just doesn't uh, match with being that high up in the funnel, essentially. Um, however, over the last four years, a big source of growth uh, also for Lucidchart has been that we scaled up an assisted model. And there, especially recently, we've started to see some success on paid social. There's a couple things there. One, when you're going after a specific persona, in a lot of ways, at least for the stuff we're working on right now, paid social can be a lot better than search because you can really find the person that you're looking for, not just a search term. Right. Right. And so if you have a really good idea of who is the best audience for your product, then that lends itself a lot better to the way that you target, for example, on LinkedIn or Facebook. And so that's one piece of it. And then the other is just, you know, we're selling at a lot higher ACV with our assisted model, which makes a lot easier to spend on that type of stuff. So not, we don't use paid search for the same use case that we use paid social for, but we have started to get into paid social and display lately. Gotcha. I forgot to ask for paid search, then are you pushing people into free or is it book a demo more of the assisted side? For paid search, we're pushing them straight into the product. So that's like, if you go to our site, right, you can literally sign up on the page that you land on. And then after that, we'll push you to like a plan page where you can either select the free option or our various account levels. We go into the freemium model from paid search, generally speaking. Okay. I'd love to know like some of the tips you guys are using, some of the tactics and strategies on like moving people from free to paid as like the demand gen team. Yeah. So um, again, before I get into that, a, a caveat, like I mentioned, there's different levels of upgrades, right? You have the freemium unassisted model. So free to paid, but self-serve, maybe you have an individual account or a small team. Yep. And then there's, from a, some individual adoption to a company account. And that's where like the B2B demand gen comes in. Gotcha. Um, my focus right now is more so on the B2B demand gen side. Um, so I can talk about uh, how we approach that. So yeah. I'll start with where we started and then talk about what we think are the big opportunities ahead. So I mentioned when I started at Lucidchart four years ago and no sales team, we started, we hired like a few reps a few months after I started. Marketing wasn't directly involved until we scaled up a little bit more, which is about two years ago. Sales team got to the point that we needed like dedicated resources to basically provide steady lead flow and an owner yep. for that. Um, and so that's where that, that's a role that I ended up uh, sliding into. And the place we started was really on leveraging the adoption from the freemium or unassisted model. So that model is characterized by scale. So um, we have 14 million users. And we're attracting many, many new users each month. Crazy and 14 million. I know. And so you kind of have to be, it, it's awesome, but it's also a challenge because it, it can potentially create a lot of noise for a sales team. And as you probably know, sales efficiency is, is key. Yep. Um, uh, what we're trying to do is take everyone who's using the product or coming into the product for the first time or on the website and identify those that are the right fit to talk to sales, which is really maybe there's a three kind of three axes to that there's how engaged are they so you know did they sign up recently are they using the product a lot there's who do they work for and is that a company that's large enough for us to sell a significant deal or expand later 
And then three is, are they a decision maker? Are they connected to purchasing power? And so we're looking for those people. We do that in a few ways. One, we try to get them to raise their hand. So if you go, like if you go to our site, we're doing a lot of pushing you straight into the product, but we consistently offer you the opportunity to raise your hand and talk to our sales team about how your whole company could be using Lucidchart. Whether that's in the navigation of the site, the footer, when you go to the pricing page, there's an enterprise option. Once you start using the product, like on our internal pricing and paywalls, there's an enterprise option. We always provide a path to talk to our sales team. But we're very specific about that if you want to use this chart for your whole company. Because if your intention is to use the product on your own, we don't want to interrupt you in that path. That's kind of where the dual business models and juggling that comes in. So that's one piece is raising your hand. And then the other thing we do is, is like a product qualified lead framework. So even if you don't raise your hand to talk to us, but you look like someone who should be on those metrics, right? You're clearly into the product or you're connected to decision making and your company is sizable. We will initiate like a targeted sales campaign that's automated from our SDR team. So the emails actually come out of our SDR team's like Gmail outbox and they reference like specifics about what that person is doing in the product and then ask them like if they have time to talk about how Lucidchart could be beneficial for their business. How are you guys doing that? What tools are in place to do that? Yeah. So our marketing automation system is Marketo and that's where like the, like most of the data is getting fed into and we're doing kind of the scoring and, and like triggering, but then we actually create the leads in Salesforce and we send an email from outreach IO. So it's, it's a little bit of a Frankenstein stack actually, and it's something we're working on, but it works. Um, and it gets a really high engagement rate. Yeah. I feel like that's how every business is, right? They're like, yeah, we've kind of just jumbled everything together. It's just piecemealed, but it works. Right. And that's all that matters. That's interesting. So what, what are some demand gen campaigns that you guys have run that have also worked for you? We talked about paid search. What else has been really effective for you guys? Yeah, for sure. So on the kind of on the unassisted, like freemium, just product volume side, like I mentioned, we scaled up organic search first and that continues to be an awesome awesome channel for us. We just have a lot of content and gotten better about building deeper, more relevant, broader content. That's huge. We get some acquisition through integrations or partnerships. Um, so for example, we have, we integrate really deeply with G Suite Okay. and people find us through Google docs and Google drive. Um, it's a really natural fit kind of web-based ecosystem. Right. Um, we have integrations with uh, Atlassian's products. A big driver for us is Confluence. Diagramming is like a key use case within the Confluence environment and so, or a key add-on. And so we, we get customer acquisition there. Um, we have integrations with Slack. Are they referencing you guys like on an integrations page? Is it you guys doing co-promotion? How are they sending you? Yeah. A lot of times they have marketplaces, like especially big, you know, B2B software companies like that, that they'll have a robust ecosystem. They'll have like a software marketplace or an add-on marketplace and we'll do, we do pretty well there. And then like in the case of Google's products, actually we're, we're in the workflow. So like it's possible to find Lucid chart if you need a product like it in kind of in your workflow within, for example, Google Docs or Google Drive. Awesome. I always love to ask people this because I think you can learn a lot from the failures. What is some stuff you guys have tried that hasn't worked out? Yeah, for sure. So um, I, I can talk a little bit about our systems. Um, I mentioned yeah. earlier that, you know, the system we put together to run product qualified leads is, is functional, but challenging. So our B2B model is unusual, right? Because the place that we're starting is from the standpoint of having 14 million users. How do you go from there? Right. And, and a lot of it's about 
upsell or finding people who are a better fit for a different SKU. Yep. And that's pretty unusual when you think about a traditional B2B marketing automation and like Salesforce integration, for example. Um, a lot of times people, Salesforce is like the source of truth for all the records sure. in someone's database. Whereas we have more contacts in Marketo than we have in Salesforce by a lot. Um, because we use Marketo to run our marketing automation for the self-serve or the freemium model. And a lot, most of those people are not actually relevant directly to our sales team. And so uh, the way we built up Salesforce initially, we put way too many records in there, which has been really painful to, to address. Um, sure and then now relate to that one. That's right. And then we, the way we built Salesforce initially, we don't have like a one-to-one link between the contacts of Marketo that we want to be connected to Salesforce and, and Salesforce. And there's also a lot of duplicate contact and lead records in Salesforce. And these are all things like that, you know, happen as you scale and you kind of need to like keep going and then bring in people who, who are, you know, have deeper expertise in those fields as you grow to help you figure it out. So I think, you know, we've put together a really solid systems team and, and we're working on that stuff, but like, you know, it's gotten to the point now where we're, we're driving a lot of revenue and a lot of growth via all these different engines and uh, a lot of our systems, especially the way our marketing automation and Salesforce uh, system integrate is just really painful relative to the scale we're at. So we're, we're definitely working on that. And that's, that's definitely been a big learning point for me is like, if I could go back and do it again, or if I get the chance to do it again, um, I'm going to be thinking about systems from day one for sure. Yeah, dude, I think that's something a lot of people deal with, right? You're trying to scale and grow quickly. So you just have to figure things out and make them work temporarily, even though, you know, down the line, you're going to have to fix them. So I think that's kind of something that most people have to deal with anyway. Do you, do you have now on demand gen, like what, what is your team structure? I'm sure you guys have like a marketing ops person, but what does the demand gen team look like? The way we do it, um, at least what we call demand gen for lucid chart, it breaks down into sub functions. So we have events, um, which tra- are trade shows and customer events. We have a cu- dedicated customer marketing function, which is focused on the people where we have sold them enterprise accounts, making sure that they're successful with those. Okay. From the marketing side. And then we have like a, a lead gen team um, that's focused on driving inbound to, to the sales team. Gotcha. Um, we also have an analyst who sits with us. Um, at Lucidchart, we have a an centralized analytics uh, department, but each analyst is deployed within each function and kind of dotted lines to that function. So they get a lot of context, but they yeah. still have the resource of the central analytics organization. So we have an analyst sitting with us, which is great. Um, And that's kind of the whole demand gen org. We also have marketing ops within the marketing team um, who's a key kind of collaborator with us. Um, And then we have product marketing, which is not part of demand gen, but we work very closely with content, same thing, uh, creative, same thing. Nice, awesome. I think it would probably be interesting to hear about uh, what have you guys learned in scaling out the sales team and trying to you know, adding that touch to the funnel. Yeah, I would, lo- I would love to talk about that. That's like all I think about nowadays. So, okay. <laughs> so um, scaling up a sales team is tough. It's particularly interesting when you already have a fully functioning premium unassisted business model, which yeah. we did. We right. started adding sales reps. It's easier to go that direction than the other way, which people will tell you. Like going from having a sales org and no premium or no self-serve to adding self-serve is harder than, than the than the direction we went, which was self-serve to 
like enterprise assistant sales. It harder? So, cause we're thinking, yeah. you know, we've, we've always been sales assisted and we're like, well, how can we get free? And so it is harder. I mean, my thought is like, you need to start soon because yeah. when you have a big hungry sales team, that's used to being able to, you know, drive revenue and be the revenue driver for your company. It's delicate to roll out like a, a way for people to, for example, pay you self-serve. It can be done, but people say that it's easier to go from the self-serve to the assisted. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I don't know that it's harder to to do it when you already have an unassisted model, but it, it's it's interesting. So the benefit is you have a tailwind, right? So when, when we started the sales team, I mean, there's already millions of people using the product who know who we are. We had like organic inbound, right? People who are going, man, like, I want to use this for my whole company. Who do I talk to about that, right? Who are reaching out to our support team about mm -hmm. that? And so there's organic traction, but the challenge is um, one noise, right? You don't want to just talk to every user you have to figure yep. out, okay, who, you know, who do we really need to be talking to? And then also differentiation, right? Because um, what separates the product that, you know, is behind the assisted sales team, um, behind the sales team that they're selling from the product that people can buy on their own. And you, you need to create some of that to really give your sales team leverage. So that's something we've definitely figured out over time. Our initial traction came from, from this sort of organic inbound, right? The way that people talked to us before our sales team was our support team. And so that was our first source of leads was our support team just funneling to sales stuff that was more of like a sales inquiry. And that's been really successful and actually continues to be successful to this day, which is awesome. Like our support team is one of the key sources of leads. Nice sales team. Um, but over time we scaled up, like I said, other ways for people to raise their hand and talk to sales. Uh, we introduced an enterprise SKU that was different and behind our sales uh, kind of requires talking to sale in order to be able to purchase. But that enterprise SKU is the, the value proposition there is primarily focused on the admin layer. So our enterprise SKU that we have that our sales team sells primarily is the differentiation there is at the admin layer. So uh, we offer better security. For example, you can integrate with your single sign-on provider with our enterprise SKU and much better like account management and user management. We're starting to build out and have, have built out like more end user differentiation. For example, um, we now facilitate shared team folders um, and, and other like collaboration benefits related to our kind of enterprise product offering. Okay. Um, but we, we've realized that like, you know, in order to really accelerate the growth of our sales team, we need to go beyond the admin focus and build products that solve very specific business problems in and of themselves or build solutions. And so that's why we've rolled out a solution for sales, um, that basically takes again, the core technology of Lucidchart and, adds in some additional like product development that's specific to the sales use case. Uh, for example, we have a bi-directional sync with Salesforce okay. um, and we've built a way of managing your documents that's really conducive to sales reps. Um, but we've also brought a new messaging and go-to-market that's hyper-specific to sales. And so the benefit there is it gives us some something very specific to sell to a very specific group that's again, differentiated from the core of Lucidchart set. And so that's, that's kind of where we're betting a lot of the growth will come from over the next several years is these dedicated solutions for Lucidchart that are actually like add-ons or separate products from the core Lucidchart in and of itself. Gotcha. I've seen, um, 
HubSpot doing something similar like that. Like you're giving away free products that tie into your core, getting more user acquisition from like, this is a very specific uh, product that solves like very specific need and then leveling people up into like the full solution. Yeah. Uh, You mentioned SDRs earlier. Are you guys having SDRs do cold outreach and cold prospecting or is it mainly, you know, you guys have so many free users that it's segmenting those out and that's who they're going after. We're not doing a lot of cold outbound right now because we have such an enormous database. It's nice, but um, we would love to be able to do it. We would love to build that out as a channel, right? Because it can potentially accelerate your growth. That's one of the motivations for building out these dedicated solutions. For example, our sales solution is it's a lot easier to go outbound when you have a very specific buyer and a very specific solution for them where you can target. And so we are looking to build out like a traditional outbound function around the sales solution. Got it. Do SDRs report into demand, uh, demand gen and marketing or they, they sit under sales for you guys? No, they, they sit under sales. And that's actually something I really like. I think Why is that? that uh, yeah. So the, the reason I like it is because it means that they integrate really well with the rest of the sales org, which means we close bigger and better deals faster. Um, so as a demand gen marketer, my, the number I'm tied to is close one revenue. And I like that because it means that I have the same goal as sales, which right. means when they're winning, I'm winning. And when they're feeling pain, I'm feeling pain. <laughs> so we're aligned that way. <laughs> and it also means that I'm incentivized to pursue quality. If I send them lead volume and it doesn't convert, that right. doesn't work for me either. Yeah. It gets um, rid of the like leads at all costs. It's no, it's quality. Is, is this converting revenue? And you guys are a mature enough business where you guys know how to close people who are qualified. So it makes sense, right? It's, are you bringing in quality leads? And that's, that's right. So, and so because I'm incentivized on quality and on revenue, I'm sending the right stuff to sales. And then for them, it's, it's a matter of converting it. And that's, that's where having them sit in sales and have really deep integration with the closing teams is really valuable. There's also a career development aspect to it. I think we're looking for great sellers to bring into our SDR program who want to pursue a career in sales. And so it's a really important feeder point for the rest of our sales team. There's a lot of benefits to it, but for us, it works really well to have sales development and sales. I love it. Yeah, I agree with you. I think you guys are doing it right. I think that's a good place for us to end it. Uh, where can people find you, connect with you, send you some spam emails? <laughs> I think the best place to reach out to me is LinkedIn. I spend a lot of time there. Definitely am open to new connections and people who want to chat. Awesome. Thanks, man. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thank you. Great to spend some time with you. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Demand Gen Chat. One last thing before you do get out of here, don't forget to subscribe through iTunes or whichever app you use to listen to your podcast so you don't miss any of our future episodes. And leave us a review. I'd love to hear what you think of the show. It helps us keep doing this so we can keep bringing you more episodes about marketing and demand gen. See you next time.